All right, good afternoon. Cheryl is busy working on her talk for this evening, so I told her I felt I could hold the fort down for you guys here for this session, <laughs> which means I can do whatever I want. <laughs> One thing that can make um, all of this difficult, and maybe you're starting to notice that some of it maybe came up in the interviews, is because we're teaching, and always teaching sort of a range of practices, at this stage of the game, you can maybe be thinking, well, which one should I be doing? Um, and the truth of the matter is, really, there are different, uh, as far as Dharma practices go, there are different applications on different occasions for different purposes. Um, and ultimately, really, they're all good. Um, I always find when in doubt, keep it simple. So uh, usually I'll go back to the, um, where we started at the beginning of the week. Am I aware? What am I aware of? Um, but because we have um, been exploring, always really, we always teach metta bhavana, and so sometimes at this stage of the game you can be wondering if there's something more specific that you could or should be doing. So with that, one of the things that I like to do uh, that I learned with, from a teacher named uh, Ajahn Suchito, some of you might be familiar with, um, he's a Thai forest, <coughs> Thai forest master, he's a monk, he's been a, a monk in the Thai forest tradition for, I don't know, 30 years, he's a big English guy. Um, I've sat retreats with him two or three times, uh, he's probably the most... Uh, liberated human being that I've ever been close to, encountered. He's really quite fabulous in that way. It's really funny too, actually. Uh, and he has this practice that I really like because um, it, it helps us develop skillful means. So as we know in, in our practice, there's, there's a range of conditions that can be present. And because there's a range of different conditions that can be present, there are antidotes to those. There are certain things that are considered skillful means. So in any given moment, what would, be, what would be skillful in this moment? And so as I discussed last night, then, and when there's moments where things feel difficult or, or painful, then a compassion, the mindfulness, wisdom, has that capacity to call that to mind. It sort of knows to call that to mind in that moment as being skillful skillful means. And on the other side of the coin, there can be, um, if there's a sense of joy, <clears throat> calmness, ease, then it can be skillful to bring to mind um, gratitude or mudita. <clears throat> One thing about metta in general, just a typical loving kindness, uh, friendliness, is that's really considered to be appropriate all of the time regardless of the conditions. So when we think about this moment-to-moment -moment cultivation and recognizing that things are, are changing, there's three questions that we can ask that 
really come from the work uh, and practice of Ajahn Suchita that, that I found to be very helpful. And it's really quite simple. It's this question of, of what is this? What is this that's arising in my experience? Is it a memory? Is it a plan? Is it a pain in the body? Is it a, a wanting? Is it a pushing away? What, what is this? It's a kind of the recognizing, that's the, the mindfulness, the recognition of what, what is it that is arising in this experience. What is this? How is this? How is this is the affective tone. So it could be how is this, it could be pleasant, it could be unpleasant, it could be neither. It could be more specific, it could be heat, it could be pressure, it could be loneliness. It could be a whole range of things. And so, what is this, how, how is this moment <coughs> being experienced right now? How is this? And then the, the responsive quality is, what, what, what does this need? Because a lot of times, when things are arising in our experience, especially when there's a repetitive nature to it, have you noticed some of the things that arise seem very repetitive? <laughs> very repetitive. And what does this need? You're like, yeah, this needs to stop arising. <laughs> does that make it stop arising? Whenever you resist, will persist. So that's probably not the best way to go about it. So, so, so the more data we get about it, the more we can recognize what is this and how is this and what is this and how is this and this needs something from me. That a lot of times these, not always, but often these objects or these aspects of experience are arising because they're, they're asking something of us. They're, they're wanting our, they're calling our attention to some degree. Then we oftentimes uh, don't want to give them attention. And so there's a way in which there's, 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 there's a kind of a moment, sometimes they call it turning towards. Turning towards, I see you, I feel you. What can I do for you? What is it that, that's needed in this moment? And so that, that becomes a, a questioning kind of practice. The thing about the practice I think that's confusing for everybody really is that really what we're doing in Dharma practice is which it's much more productive to ask questions than it is to try to have answers. So we're a very answer-based kind of culture. We want the answer. Give me the answer. What's the thing? The problem here with Dharma is the Buddha never teaches a one thing. There's no list of one. Those of you who are familiar with the lists, there's many lists. But there's no list of one. There's twos, there's threes, there's fours, there's fives, there's six, there's sevens, there's eights, there's nines, tens, twelves, fifty-two, eighty-nine, eighty-three thousand. How many pieces do you like? I'll take the eighty-three thousand, please. Dharma, eighty-three thousand Dharma doors. So there's no, there's no one thing. If you want to know what the one thing is, the one thing is the mind that's not looking for the one thing. Teacher, give me the thing. What's the thing? What's the gist of all this? We get this all the time. We want it, we want it boiled down to the lowest common denominator. 
I like all your talks and I like all your instructions and I like what's going on here, really I do. But what's the thing? What's the one thing? <laughs> if you just could sum all this up. Maybe we could say don't cling. But then you cling to that. How do I not cling? What's the one thing that's helped me not cling? <laughs> So we, we, we just notice, maybe you can notice that your mind is often more interested in kind of having some answer, uh, which is really kind of anti-impermanence, right? Because what we want is absolution, we want finality, we want, we want a thing to know so that we can move on. Right? And really that, 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 the, the knowing or the, or the answer is really just another form of clinging. Because as soon as I have the answer, what do I do? I stop asking the question. And if the question has a peskiness to it, or uh, a confusion to it, which it always often does, then um, we want to kind of close the door on that question. So this 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 kind of inquiry, or we we use this word investigation, is kind of this ongoing questioning. Which is also another form of sort of a cognitive reappraisal of like, okay, I think this is what's happening, but let me take another look at it. Let me take another look at it. Let me just, you see, there's a term, I always forget the Pali term, but there's this term that the Buddha uses that sums up kind of what we do in Vipassana, and it's to repeatedly look at. Looking at what's happening repeatedly, over and over again. And really that's this nature of... um, this quality of metta is this uh, repeatedly to look at with patience. And in that repetition, that repeatedly looking at, there's a way in which we learn. And in that learning, that process sort of happens automatically. So we're not really looking for anything specifically, we're just looking for what is it? What is it that's arising? What is this? How is this? What does this? What does this need? What? What can I bring to the table of the present moment experience that would be helpful? In the in the language of Charles Darwin, really, what it is is, can I cooperate? Am I willing to cooperate with the current conditions that I find myself in? And, probably you're noticing not so willing to cooperate much of the time. You sit down at the negotiation table of the present moment and reality never shows up for the argument. You're like, no, check it out. I have a few suggestions I'd like to make about what's going on right now. Not a lot, just a few things. We can make a few adjustments here. I promise I'll be good. You just sit there alone with forever. <laughs> what, what what can I what can I bring to the table? Well, you know, and that's really a, a generosity of a like, yeah, this this moment is hard. This body is painful. This mind is confusing. This emotion is frustrating. Right now it's like this. Right now it's like this. Right now it's like this. 
This is what it's like right now. Right now. Am I willing to, to touch, to, to make contact with, with all of that? Say, what, what, is there adjustments that I could be making? Or am I trying to argue or bargain or control or manipulate, like I talked about last night, which is the very subtle opposite of compassion, of self-compassion, is that, that subtle urge, that very, very subtle urge to want to fix or control or improve the conditions, even ever so slightly. <clears throat> and, 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 and there's also a delusion in that that I actually can. I just need to think about this a little bit more. Let me think about this. I think I can make this moment better. There's this type of controlling. There's a, there's a, there's a lack of acceptance. There's just an, a, a, a very low grade aversion. And one thing you're probably noticing now is you're starting to recognize a lot of these things are very, very sort of low, low grade. And in, in everyday life, we don't, we don't usually, we don't have the opportunity in our busy lives to, to understand what a low-grade aversion is, or a low-grade wanting to fix or wanting to control is. But that's where it starts. That's the snowball that starts at the top. Of the <laughs> usually, we don't catch it until it's got a lot of momentum. The more momentum it has, the harder it is to unhook from. So we can really start to see the beginnings and the very, very subtle movements. And so there's, there's a range of things that could be needed. There could be some kindness, some acceptance, which you'll find almost... Uh, one thing I like about this, this, this sort of baseline attitude of metta in the, in the mind and body is just this... It is, it's this really serene acceptance of things as they are. That will never not be useful. That one will always cool things down some, to some degree. Right now it's like this. It's unpleasant. How is it? It's unpleasant. It's painful. It's boring. It's moving too slow. How is that? What's that like? It's not so bad. And I just needed a little bit of acceptance, a little bit of patience, a little bit of participation, a little bit of cooperation. And then that cools down ever so slightly. We kind of just make these little, little, little tiny. At this point, you're making very, very tiny adjustments that have uh, a fairly uh, large impact. So at this stage of, of practice, you're starting to see that subtlety is actually fairly profound. So the, 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 oftentimes at this stage of the game, the adjustments that you're making aren't so massive, really. They're just this constant little attuning, trying to have a better recognition of what the object is. That's that what is this? A better, better view, a better understanding, a recognition of what is arising in this moment. Uh, a deeper affective, being able to, what they call Vedana, feeling, uh, a better ability to, to actually feel into that, not to conceptually blast it with ideas and concepts, but actually the felt sense, which is really the most primordial 
aspect of our humanity is, is this ability to feel, just feeling into that. And at that point, it becomes more, more apparent, hopefully, as to what, what, what's needed in this moment. So I, I, I was working with this practice for multiple, multiple days, and it was, it, it, was, it was able to give a sense of curiosity, so it kept my interest. It's always good to keep the interest. Sometimes you might notice, you're like, I am not. There's nothing interesting about this moment. <laughs> nothing. <laughs> Maybe that could be interesting. Right? No, nothing much. <laughs> but I, thought, I found, I found it, it, kept, it kept my interest so if it kept my interest it keeps my attention attention follows interest so if there's a little bit of interest there's more attention interest, attention and then, there's, and then with that there's a more ability to access <clears throat> to interest, attention, feeling responsiveness a responsive kind of meeting with that So you guys can really work work with this as a way to um, expand from where we started with this this kind of am I aware? What am I aware of? What is this? How is this? How is it? What is how how is this being received? And then you know, there's an opportunity for um, seeing if the, if 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 there's an organic arising of this Brahma Vihara heart. It's like oh oh what's needed right now is a little bit of tenderness, a little bit of Kindness, a little bit of compassion, maybe a little bit of gratitude, maybe some equanimity, which is a, a, just a even a more serene acceptance of things as they are, <clears throat> an understanding that this is going to change. And a lot of times, when we recognize that things are unpleasant, when we investigate them more, we start to realize actually it's unpleasant, but it's not unpleasant number eight like I thought. It's like unpleasant number one and a half. Because right, that's an attitude of mind. Right. In the untrained mind, anything that's unpleasant is unpleasant number ten. Right. It's just like Dim. it just it goes right to that. That's that's the mind's calibration. It's like caveman brain. Unpleasant bad. <laughs> Must fix. You know, no investigation, no inquiry, just like I don't know anything about what's happening right now. I just know this shit needs to change right now. <laughs> and I'm not going to be happy until things are different. And then, then now, now then the, the, the investigation has ended. And you're just sitting there convinced. You have the answer. And the answer is, I'm not going to be happy until things are different. <laughs> And that goes on for six months. (laughs) I've I've decided now. I've made my decision. I'm going to suffer about this. So so all of these qualities of investigation, of mindfulness, of all of this inquiry is just you just you just switch it right down, you shut it right down. No more questioning. I have the answer. And then that, that's just clinging, right? That's just clinging. That's just, this is, it's like this. This is what it's like. And maybe you, you haven't really looked at it too much. 
So again, that's a, I repeatedly look at, well, let me take another look at this. Maybe this isn't actually, maybe this is not the way I want to hold this experience. So let's say we take another, I take another look at it. And that's that repeatedly looking at it. And as I'm sure you're noticing, it's, just, it's a lot of work. It's so easy to just sit there and go like this. Whatever. <laughs> God. How much of our life do we do that? Right? That's it. Done. So there's, there's that, that constant effort and a willingness and a kind of... Um, it's actually, to some degree, there's almost a low-grade sense of, of uncertainty, which is actually kind of good. It's not always good to be so certain. You know? Sometimes it's actually good to be a little bit confused, or a little bit, I'm not so sure about all of this. Let me, take another, let me take another peek at this. The mind likes absolution. One of the ways that actually this word for impermanence, we use this word impermanence, um, anicca, uh, really actually means not absolute. It's usually translated as impermanence or ever-changing, but really what the Buddhist claiming is that nothing is absolute. Nothing's finished. Everything, everything is in some sort of process. There's actually really for the Buddha, there's really, the Buddha doesn't really, he's not really into nouns. Everything's a verb. Everything is sort of in some process. Right? There's no absolute anything. But the mind is, it does that. It makes it absolute. It makes it finite. It makes it complete, finished. It's like this. This is what it's like. It's always like this. It's always been like this. It's always going to be like this. And then you're done. We're done with this. So we'll, we'll do this uh, investigation and you can kind of, uh, we'll keep it sort of light in terms of it's just a really, the technique is really just the inquiry. We're not necessarily really trying to get anywhere, but we're trying to continue to engage the mind in this sort of circular motion of, of what is this and how is this and, and what does this need right now? Just for the sake of that ex- exploration. So you can um, stand for a moment or two if you need to stretch some. Seeing this, do you ever bring up something difficult on purpose? No, they usually come to bite out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just give it a couple minutes. <laughs> it's not so much bringing something up, it's watching what comes up. Which, yeah, no, it's hard. Because you can make something come up, can't you? Yeah. And that's the difference between volitional thinking and non-volitional thinking. There's non-volitional thinking, which is just the thoughts which arise on their own, and then there's the volitional thinking, which is the purposeful thinking about something. And so we're trying to kind of stay in the middle of those. So just allowing your posture to settle. And we'll start and end with the bell.
So allowing yourself to make contact, to connect with the present moment experience as it is. The body and its sensations. Bringing awareness to the five physical senses. we do this we can reflect that this word contact literally means to touch to touch this moment's experience with your mind And to begin, you might begin to recognize that your attention is often drawn towards that which is disagreeable. So if there's any unpleasant sensation or anything about this experience that is uncomfortable, your attention will usually run there. Again, see if you can simply allow yourself to rest in the experience of being aware. familiarize as you have been, awareness is like this. Awareness is like this. As you rest and abide and dwell in this experience of awareness, objects, things, experiences will arise in that open field. 
sensations of the body may arise, a memory in the mind may arise, a sense feeling in the body may arise, contentment, ease, loneliness, fear. Discomfort. Spaciousness. Seeing if you can develop a interest in what's happening. And just beginning to drop in the question ever so often of what is this? What is this? just seeing if anything reveals itself. If not, just continuing to rest in this field of open awareness. What is this? If you find moments where thinking is present, it can be talking. Is there talking in the mind? Is the mind telling you something? What is this? Or is it showing you something? Is it revealing an image, a picture?
then we can explore this. How is this? How is this felt in the body? Is this felt as a sense of a pleasant, unpleasant, neither? Felt in the mind or in the heart? developing both this knowing capacity, what is being known and what is being felt. What is felt is known, what is known is felt. What is this? (coughs) How is this? So what is this can also be experienced as what is being known. Thinking is being known. Breathing is being known. Hearing is being known. Sensation is being known. Presence is being known. (coughs) Feeling is being known. What is arising in my experience? And how am I meeting it? How am I relating? Is there a serene acceptance of things as they are? Or is there a tendency to change, to fix, to control things as they are. Are you able to recognize the difference between those two experiences?
In this moment, what is being known? What is being felt? And most importantly, what is needed right now? What is it that you need from yourself to end suffering in this moment, to be at ease and connected in this moment? Patience, acceptance, kindness, cooperation, caring, What do you need from yourself right now? And see if you can soften into that which is needed, allowing yourself back into your own heart. Okay, continue to inquire in this way. What do I need for myself right now? What is needed? How can I help? How can I be supportive here in this very moment? What is this? How is this? What does this need?
and continuing to let go of the concepts of the mind and feeling into the wisdom of the heart. What does this need? What is needed to end any amount of suffering in this moment? See if you can keep looking repeatedly. What is being known? What is being felt? And what is being needed here in this moment? continue to see what is needed by making an offering of patience, acceptance, kindness, caring, appreciation,
And if you find yourself being able to provide what is needed, you can ask the further question, what is the experience of not suffering? What is the experience of not suffering? for the last few minutes, see if you can inquire and find the experience of not suffering, inclining the mind towards that attitude, that state. A serene acceptance of things as they are, however they are. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org.
www.ghostbusters.org slash donate.